Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for one more episode of Your Living Proof. It's going to be a good one, guys. All right, all right. It's going to be a good one. It's number 12. Um, We have an imperfect podcast once again for you today. But actually, before we get into it, I, I... I have to share a triumphant, beautiful story. I mean, what? How would you describe it? No, that's what it was, and and I think we we talk a lot about heavy, heavy things, which is normal because we are dealing with addiction. But there are there is darkness and addiction that can only be mirrored by the brightest light, and we this weekend we experienced it, and yeah. it was beautiful. So I think I've made mention a few times throughout different episodes, maybe I have, maybe I haven't, um, of an individual I've worked with. You know, I've I, I've been fortunate enough to see success in some people. Um, I wish it was a lot more. Unfortunately, it's not enough. Statistics when it comes to this are terrible. I actually read recently that the... Uh, FDA is going to come out and announce that the new statistic is that 7% of people with addictions recover, you know, and wherever they pull these numbers from and how they obtain these numbers, I don't know. But the reality is regardless of how accurate that number is, the bottom line is it's far too low. So I, I see a lot of people fail, but I've also got to see a few people succeed this, this last weekend, we got to witness the actual tangible miracle that recovery can bring that um, God can instill in your life when people choose to do things differently. Yeah. Do you want to describe it? Yeah. um, Honestly, Danny's been working with this person for over a year. Yeah. And I started with their family more than a year ago. and, And I worked with, I worked, spoke with his wife a few times, which led us into a conversation with his parents and then his siblings. And so eventually everyone was working together to get on the same page so that we could approach this man who needed help and be unified before we ever approached him. Yeah. I mean, to say it was a monumental effort on the part of the entire family is an understatement. I mean, it, it required everyone giving up their personal opinion really truly and getting on board and it was hard i mean it was it was hard and so anyway it it started out i mean it started out difficult just like it does with so many families that i get close to one of the first experiences we had as a family was gaining the courage to call the police and have this person arrested yeah i mean can you imagine that conversation between siblings wife parents i mean it was this yeah, is difficult. an adult this isn't a kid yeah you know? and it's not it's not that drastic in every situation but there that requires difficult choices so here we are i'm meeting with the family again this is someone around a year ago and the first challenge given to them is hey you got to fall through with this they they did something wrong and They had to make that known and that's where it started. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details where it started. It was bad. 
It was bad. The situation had gotten really ugly. This person's life was out of control. And not only was their addiction taking them to the verge of death and destruction, but it was it was ruining everything and everyone around them, not only their spouse and their own children, but their their siblings and their parents. It was taking a toll on all the relationships in the family. Yep. So it started... Like a stick of dynamite. It started I mean, from the bottom. It, it was rough. And, and, and this past weekend, we got to go and witness this individual being rebaptized in his church. I'm sorry. It's, I, I cried all weekend about it, but in his particular faith, um, people are baptized at the age of eight. And uh, his son was baptized on that day as well. He had been waiting to be baptized, and he was fortunate that his father was able to join him and do the same thing. Um, so the series of events that have happened over the last year to get to that point, you can only imagine, right? It doesn't take actually a lot of imagination to know that there were a lot. There was a lot of work that was put in, and I was fortunate to be part of that journey with him regularly, weekly, sometimes daily. And to see the growth from an individual was just so remarkable. I've seen it. And like I said, I wish I've seen it more, but it was as equally beautiful to see how the family has started to heal. Yep. Now, they, there's still challenges because to be honest, within this family dynamic, and I'm going to protect their privacy, but there's still turmoil. There's still differences of opinion. Yep. Some people think, oh, no, he... He did some things that were out of line enough that maybe he's not deserving of this or, or they just have their opinion on how it should be and you know where he should be right now. It's that is how addiction manifests itself in so many terrible ways. Not only is it hurting one person, but it just, it literally ruins the family dynamic in so many ways. So here we are, we're sitting in a room. I took my wife and my children. We were there. I was bawling. I mean, I was shaking because I had, I was sitting in one place witnessing the visual experiences that I've had over the last year, speaking with this individual when they're locked up behind bars. I was the only person they got to speak to, visiting them in jail, walking them into rehab, walking them into their aftercare program in a sober living house, picking them up when they're mad, watching them scream, cry, yell, everything in between. And to be in that moment and to watch this triumphant experience unfold in their life was just powerful. There were over a hundred people there to witness this miraculous change, this incredible event that was taking place. Now, is it the end? Are things perfect? Well, Obviously it's never not. the end. It's never the end, but this was a huge victory that someone has done enough to get to that point where they could add yet another element, a spiritual element back into their life. So it was just really rewarding. I mean, yeah. what, how did you feel about I, it? It was, it honestly, I, when, when Danny first started working with this family, I, I was like, gosh, I, I wonder if there's really any hope here. You know, it was, it was, it was dark and, um, to see, I mean, a year is a long time, but it's also a really short amount of time yeah. when you, when you think about the change that is possible in that amount of time, you go from, um, being incarcerated 
to living a healthy lifestyle back at home with your family and healing relationships and attempting to um, to make progress with all areas of your life and to be able to accept um, forgiveness, um, to be able to be that humble, to be able to know that the only way out of this is with the Savior. Um, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And honestly, it's, it's always... It, it's always a powerful experience to attend a baptism, but to be able to attend a baptism like that, I, I've never felt that kind of spiritual power. It, it was overwhelming to just watch. It was it was a visual. You could see light in his eyes. You could see that return to the arms of his savior, and you could you could feel feel the massive amount of love that was there instantly. It was just like, yep. I see you the same as I see everyone else in this room, including the stake president who just, you know, gave a beautiful talk. You're you're on the same part of the map. It was just good to see it and to be part of it. For me personally and selfishly, it was just such a reward. Um, this line of work is not a pretty one. Um, there's a lot of emotional rewards to it, but, you know, as far as monetarily and other ways – it, it's a difficult one to to succeed at, but to have those moments where you can see the transformation of a person was just so incredible. Um, we were so grateful to be part of that. It, it was such a powerful experience. It gave me a lot of motivation. You know, I woke up this morning and I thought, I am not going to be, what's the word? I always have to look at you for words. <laughs> I can't I'm not going to, I'm not, I do like to remain humble. It's something that lacked in my life for a long time. And it's something that recovery taught me is how to be humble, but I don't want to be afraid anymore to be bold and to scream from the rooftops that success, especially when it comes to addiction only comes to those people who are willing to do difficult things. Yes. Those who are willing to reach out for help. Cause I can tell you firsthand as living proof you will never have something change in your life with your loved one who's dealing with an addiction, nor will your family ever get healthy until you reach out for help. Everyone sits and waits for their loved one, the person who is most affected, the person with the addiction, to somehow magically wake up to have some experience that brings light to their life to want to change. But I'm telling you right now, I've told you before, and I will tell you again, that will never happen. That day will never come. There may come a day when a judge mandates that they go do something or they're forced to do it in that regard, but there will never come a day when they just wake up and pull everybody together and say, I need help. It's going to require you, those people left in their life to rally around together and create a structure that says, Hey, Here's what we're willing to do to help you. You need help. We're here for you. However, anything outside of this help, this plan, all of these things that we've laid out for you to help, we're no longer going to do anything. Now, great. We've heard that. It's a common principle that people understand. But the implementation, actually executing that is almost impossible. Well, and, and to that point, I just want to say, even if they did, even if they came to you and said, hey, I need help. What are you going to do? What's your big idea, right? Like it takes a a very very structured plan in order for them to get actual help. Yep. 
So I'm just one person who can only reach so many people. You know, I have a social media page. I've, I've put some efforts into marketing and advertising our company a little bit as much as possible, but I desire to get this message out to a lot more people. Okay. And if anybody out there has a way to help with that, I would love you for it. But even in the small circle, the small reach of people that I have, I get messages daily, sometimes multiple messages a day, right? Yeah. You see them, they come through. Someone will send it to me on my Instagram page, on Facebook, an email, a text, a call. Yes. We brought a few of these examples and we're just going to rip through a couple of them because I want you to listen. I want you to think about the situation that you're in or that someone you know is in. Because everyone who listens to this is either affected or they know someone that's affected. It's your girlfriend. It's your cousin. It's your aunt. And we might, we might not even be talking about people with addictions, but they're people that you love who have someone in their family with an addiction that's destroying the family structure. So listen to some of these and th- see what you think. Okay. And then after we're just going to sum it up with a, with a message before we close. Do you- Yeah, I'm going to read, I'm going to read one. Okay. So this is just a message that Danny got. So it says, hi, Danny. I am a mom who has a 27 year old son who has been struggling with alcohol for at least eight years now. It's bad. He drinks most of the day. He's pretty functional, but has severe anxiety, which doesn't help. He's almost died, died once from kidney failure, but that didn't stop him. We sent him to rehab, but he only lasted a few weeks there and came home. I am devastated. It is physically making me sick. I know it has to be his choice, and I fear he will never make the choice to get help. He lives at home, has no job, and I don't know what more to do. How did your mom deal with your alcohol and drug problems? I feel mothers have the hardest time when their children struggle. My husband is basically done trying to help him, but I can't just be done with my son. But I also can't let it kill me in the process, and that is what is happening. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you. From another woman. My dad, my dad is struggling with addiction. I'm the oldest of seven kids and he's lost his younger four kids in a custody battle with my mom. It's eating him alive. He hasn't had a relationship with my youngest four siblings in years because of what my mom paints him out to be. He's running from the pain for the last 10 years. We got him to go to rehab, but after 30 days, he left and claimed he would never touch drugs again. We're right back where we were. Matter of fact, it's much worse. He runs a successful business somehow, but my brother is my brothers are barely able to keep it afloat because my dad is deep in his addiction again. He hasn't done anything to heal. I've been on my own healing journey and I tried to get him to do the same. He's just numb and running as fast as he can to avoid. He's also a grandpa to my four kids and I no longer want him around my kids, which has been devastating to me. And my mom isn't in my life either. We were involved in the rehab program with him, but it failed. Chaos came afterwards. What are we to do? How am I to move forward? Can you help us? Um, here's another one. I, my husband and I have been married for 24 years in May, and we have four beautiful kids. Gifts. My husband has been addicted to pain meds for 18 years now. Three years ago, I found him passed out in, in shop because he had mixed hard alcohol with pain meds. He got help and is now on daily monitored dose of liquid pain medicine from a clinic he has to visit daily. 
He leaves around 4.30 a.m., goes to clinic, goes to work as a superintendent, um, grabs a spritzer or two after work, gets home around 7 or later every night. He is not himself. His eyes always seem glazed, and he does not seem present or real. It is hard to trust his word. Our family has been in survival mode for years. My husband tries to convince me that he is trying. What do I want from him? Tonight, he said he knows he's an effing mess, but he's providing money for us every day, going to clinic every day. What more do I want? Anyway, I wanted, I wanted to leave so bad, but want to see him healthy and whole. We are in the middle of moving, which will cost $6,000. After we are settled at a new place, I want to go through your program. My 17-year-old daughter and I will do it together. I feel like I'm crazy sometimes in this vicious cycle of addiction. Your story is powerful. God's redemption is beautiful. And what treasures you and your wife and kids are to helping others. All right. My husband is an addict with substances, particular prescription pills. Seems like it's always something in a bottle from a doctor. But who knows? I think at this point, it's probably much more. It's been a downward slope for about 10 years now. He just enrolled in an outpatient rehab program, but he got kicked out a few days later. Trying to be supportive and set boundaries. What am I to do? We have three children, 11, 7, and 4. My concern is that this is now affecting them permanently. I want to help my husband, but I also need to protect our kids. How am I supposed to approach this? How do I move forward? Okay, I'm going to read one more. Is that okay? All right. Um, Danny, I listened to your podcast. My spouse was drinking too much and hiding it and everything. We sent him to a recovery house for a month, and after having to go to the hospital two times for pancreatitis, he still came home and drank. Months later, he went on vacation to my brother-in-law's and came back smoking weed, saying, it's helping me not drink, and it's better for me. And I've always always been very clear about drugs that I'm anti-any. He has stopped drinking, but he's just changed his addiction, and he won't seek help. Here's my question. We will live states away from all our family, and he doesn't really have many friends due to pushing them away. I ask, how do I help him best? I don't have anyone to rally rally with me or make a support plan. It's just me and my kids. The last one I wanted to share here is actually from a family that I've begun working with recently. Um, A sister, the sister found me on social media, shared it with the mom. The mom watched, reached out. The mom and I spoke. Then we had a family council. The next, sorry, two days later, the mom sends me a message. Hey, we were at a a birthday party for my brother last night. My husband decided to mention to everyone our plan that we discussed with you to help our son. I was surprised the way he explained it and wasn't sure if we were on the same page after his explanation. I think he feels that this is the type of send him off on his own way He's on his own. We got to have tough love and he doesn't come around here anymore type of thing. I tried to explain it that we would need to put together a plan to help him that might be close to a year with rehab, sober living, IOP and aftercare, etc. What what I realized that night is the importance of having you help us with this plan so that we are united, that we are on the same page to be effective at helping our son. Here's the truth. At the end of the day, I am only one person. And when I say this, I say this with all due respect, but if you are listening to this and you've ran across my page, I can guarantee to help you. I'm more equipped and more able to do that than quite frankly, anyone else I know 
simply for the fact that I have been through this on my own. And not only did I just go through this and stay clean, but I learned through the entire process of healing because I did all of the hard things and the things that were asked of me simultaneously with my family and now practicing the same things with the family that I have of my own. I've learned what it was like for them. I've spent the last few years entrenched with families that are going through something with someone just like me. I understand how they feel. I understand their struggles, not because I read it in a book, not because I sat there in a class, even though I've taken several different certification courses. I learned it from being there, feeling people tremble, having their tears soak the sleeve of my shirt. I know what works and I know what doesn't. This is not my philosophy either. The things that I share with families are basic principles in recovery that are taught at all different treatment centers and around in different organizations that actually work. It's just hearing them clearly from someone who's been there. So I'm going to, sh- I'm going to close actually today. Is that okay? Did you totally yeah. with, with something? Um, I have a woman I've been working with recently. We are desperately trying to help her husband. It's been a process. She sent me a message and I just thought this was really powerful. She is terrified. She's terrified to confront him for many reasons. I'm sure you can imagine. She's terrified of what's going to happen if he doesn't choose change. She's terrified. Most of the time when we meet, it's a constant reminder of what's, what are true facts and, and what are just thoughts in her mind, right? So she sent me something and I thought, wow, this is powerful and this sums up the purpose of what I try to do day in and day out. If you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of being in the exact same situation you are in right now, one year from now, wishing you had have gone for it, that you would have done something difficult. Use that as fuel to get out of your way and go. So that's the challenge today. If you know someone who's dealing with this, please, what you can do is share this with them. Send them my page, send them my email, send them my contact information. If you yourself are in the midst of a very devastating experience with your loved one right now, reach out and do something about it. It's just the truth. I just have to say, when we experienced the amazing experience we did this last Saturday with this family, I am positive that they never thought that it would just take a year for that to happen. And I also think they thought, I'm so glad that I had the courage to do that hard thing, to communicate instead of bury my head or turn my ears from what I knew what was going on. And it is the most powerful thing you can do for anyone in your life that is suffering is to stop and do something different. And that is why we are here. That's what our courses are designed to do to help you sort through this. And that's what Danny does. The first step for most people is just to watch those courses. Um, You can watch them in the comfort of your home and it will just get you kind of prepared for what's to come, what we're going to talk about and what we're going to discuss and what it's going to take. So watch those courses, reach out. If you have any questions on how they work, choose change, please. It's simply that it's simply that just 
choose change. Get the rock out of your shoe. Let's It'll do it. It'll make the climb easier. Let's do it. Hope you all have a beautiful week. We're so thankful that you joined us one more time. We have a few different things coming up on the... Yes, our, you guys are not going to want to miss the next podcast. We're having a special guest. Yeah, she just cuts me off guest. like that. In, yes, because it, it's going to be me. But luckily, she's so hot. I'm just uh, like, okay. We are going to have a special guest on for the next podcast. And I'm so excited to introduce you to this amazing human being. And it's going to be an amazing episode. So don't miss it. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't. And share it. See you guys soon.